I think we'll do something a bit different with the recap because it'll be sort of a recap and then sort of introducing Nikki to her character Meredith as a sort of a recap and a here's how you got to where you got to and where you are now. So last time we were here and this was three weeks ago so again and plus I've got a hangover so I would no doubt forget a lot but more or less what I remember happening was I believe that the first thing that happened is that Jack and Trey went to see Madame Calamari, the very seriously named Madame Calamari the fortune teller in her little shack by on the edge of the forest. And for the life of me, I have no idea if anything she said was helpful at all. I can only vaguely remember some of the things she said, but I believe you asked her about rather toothsome toothsome and toothy lady who swims around in in the sea is that right i can't remember can you remember you were there it seems right it seems like everything she said was some sort of warning that we chose not to take exactly exactly because we figured out pretty quickly what's going on here that this is all a big conspiracy yeah and i think she mentioned a few times about people on the island and that you had to keep your bits about you. I think there's this theme of they want a bit of you. They want something of you. Something, something for, that's it. The island wants you. That was it. I remember now. Because Trey kind of leaned into that a bit, didn't he? The sort of the island will decide, yeah? Yeah, I think Trey's... Yeah, he's leaning into everything. Right. So, and then subsequently, Ray... Actually, no, we started with Ray, didn't we? Ray had hiding out in the house of the man that he'd just murdered. And he'd got picked up well, hid in the in the cupboard, in the closet, and had tried to hide under a pile of clothes, these somehow incongruously clean, white, floral-scented clothes, and fumbled his role, accidentally breathed in a bit too deeply, and then passed out from something or other. That's right, I failed a breathing role. Yes, <laughs> and when, when he woke up, he was in the back of the Guardia Seville van, trussed up, and had a rather menacing encounter with Jesus Molina, the uh, Guardia Seville chief. And then, well, let's say he, he was taken up to the, I think, I believe you realised it was the uh, convent and at the top of the hill and dumped into a darkened cell. And his companion in the cell, he saw, turned out to be Angie. But oh, yes. not entirely Angie seems like Angie plus a bit more and she was terrified and terrifying at the same time as I believe she unfurled some extra body parts that thumped onto the ground near you and that's where we left Ray. However, Meredith and Sid, they had an interesting little uh, encounter which is where we will, we will pick up with Nikki, with your character Meredith. So Meredith, of course, is Trey's I wouldn't like to call her assistant. I think more like his advisor. She's listed as his local accountant. Local accountant. Okay. As opposed to the three accountants back at the office. I see. So by local, you mean she deals with Europe, his European. She controls the purse strings locally to keep things from going way off the rails. I see. I see. So wherever Trey goes, she goes with and is the money woman. Yes, yes. Okay, 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 I see. But also I'd, I'd like to think of her as an advisor. 
as the sort of voice of reason. Is that fair enough? Absolutely. Monetarily and financially, she's absolutely the voice of reason or the voice of calm, soothing words in Trey's ear, send him off to bed with some warm milk and figure out what he's screwed up for the day and fix it in the books. Yes. And of course, Trey is the archetypal sort of detached from reality, wealthy dilettante, I suppose. I mean, he must have been somehow sensible at one point to have got to his position, but I think his interests have rather sent him further afield than would be sensible. And thus he spent certainly the last period traveling around the globe on his yacht, diving and looking for ancient cultures, ancient treasures, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, ancient cultures that, uh, of sea peoples that have been lost due to rising sea levels since the last Ice Age. It's a good thought. He just goes about it in a very poor way. Yeah. So, Meredith, you've been trying to keep Trey, as I said, on the straight and narrow. He seems to have had a few moments of disassociation from reality. After this rather disturbing beach barbecue the other day, he's been carrying around the severed ear of a piglet in his pocket thinking that it had some kind of meaning or purpose since then you you have managed to get the ear away from him and what you did with it is up to you trey wanted you to keep it somewhere safe but it is a piece of animal and it's it's not going to stay good for very long however the other people on the island that you've come into contact with have all had very strange things happening to them as well so jack who is played by barney Jack is a local carpenter stroke hippie and he seems to have had a lot of trouble the last few days with his friends, with the locals, with strange plants, with things being buried perhaps in his garden underneath his olive tree, with people turning up to his house in the middle of the night, things scratching outside his window and so on. Ray, who is currently, well, in a rather perilous situation presumably, He's a British wide boy gangster. As you now know, he's on the run from his boss, hiding out on this island with his wife Angie. Well, he's had some pretty awful things to contend with, the least of which is is a gang of surly labourers who are digging a pool very, very, very slowly and not making much progress, and then everything escalated from there, including the kidnapping of his wife and this hideous transformation that he's just seen. And... The final character in this motley crew is Sid Long, who you've been spending the morning with. He's also had a few (laughs) problematic moments, the least of which is the disappearance and death of his friend and director of the movie that he's producing on this island, or intending to produce. The disappearance and then reappearance of his friend in his hotel room, having been slit from gut to gullet. Gut to gizzard, or...? Yeah. Well, basically, he had the entire front of his body sliced open and his guts were spilling out, but somehow he was still alive and seemingly unconcerned by this, which sent Sid into a rather bad place. This morning, however, things got a lot worse. You were in the old Moorish palace that you'd commandeered for Trey's uh, retinue for you to stay in while Trey was, while you were on the island. And a group of these brilliantly white-shirted, strange locals had turned up in the courtyard and dragging with them a cart in the back of which was what was left of Sid's friend. Essentially just a big heap of innards and blood with his still vocalising head plonked on top 
sort of pleading with you to come with them and, and just to let happen what needed to happen. And of course, you didn't think this was a good idea, at which point the white-shirted men rushed into the house. You and Sid tried to escape down a makeshift uh, rope made out of bedsheets, as you do. Unfortunately, Meredith, you're not so good at climbing, and you fell. And we're going to slightly wreck on this, because what happened in the actual game was you broke your femur and it was actually poking out of your leg. So I'm going to wreck on that and say that perhaps that's what Sid thought he saw, but really we'll find out how badly injured you are when we commence. But Sid right now is on this cart being pulled along by a couple of donkeys, having a chat with the disemboweled remnants of his friend Jimmy Turnbull. Okay, so Nikki, I don't know what you want to make of all that, but... Don't worry if it doesn't make any sense, because I don't think it's meant to, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Right. So, Nikki. Am I on the cart with him? No, you're not. So, Meredith. Meredith Purchase. You returned to... Actually, you know what? Let's start with the constitution roll from you, Meredith. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know if you... Have you got any luck? I says I have 50 luck. Okay. Do you want to spend one luck? Yes, I do. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Because what it means is that you did briefly pass out, but not for uh, too long. And I suppose if we were playing by the rules, yeah, I think if you'd have failed that constitution roll, it would have meant you were dying because you have got a major wound, a major injury, because you took, I think you took a lot of damage from that fall. I don't think I've put it onto your character. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So tick the major wound. Yeah, you've only got two hit points left out of ten. That's a great way to start your adventure. But yeah, you regain consciousness and then suddenly this searing pain runs through your leg. And at first you think you've broken your leg or broken your knee. And then you look down and you see that your kneecap is somewhat off to the side. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And you almost pass out again from the pain. But you're a pragmatic person. You're also trying to piece together what you just saw because up to now... You hadn't really seen anything weird on the island. I mean, you've been told plenty of weird things that happened. A colleague of yours had, had his hand bitten off by some shark or something whilst on a dive. Okay. Seeing those people in the courtyard and then what looked like a cart full of offal with a severed head on it. And no, it couldn't have been talking. Of course, it was a severed head, but maybe it was just... Maybe it was special effects from the movie they were doing or something. Like we have that kind of budget. But yeah, so what do you want to do? You're, you're on your own in this courtyard and you're in extreme pain. Okay, just as a quick question, what year is it? It is 1972, I think. It's in the early 70s, yes. Just so I don't say something like, I take out my iPhone. And... No mobile phones in this one. That's a good one. Just so you know, you're actually quite good at first aid. Yes. I'm going to look at my knee. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say, keep it together, purchase, keep it together. All right, let's see if we can't push this back. I mean, is it like a shoulder? So I'm going to try to recenter the patella. Ooh, sounds really painful. But uh, yes. yeah, yes. Do you want to go for it? Make that yep. first aid roll. Yes. Oh. I think your scream echoes around the courtyard. Yes, I do let out a blood-curdling screech as this happens because I may be practical, but I'm not a robot, and it is very, very painful. It is indeed. And the good news is you get a one hit point back, don't you? One hit point, okay. Yeah, no, to actually get 
proper medical treatment, you would need someone to make a medicine roll on you. I mean, you have got a bit of medicine, but not very high, and it's risky when you do that. But yeah, you're going to be slightly slowed down now. Even though you managed to pop it back in, your movement rate is definitely going to be a bit slower. But you, you sort of pull yourself together. And I kind of stand up, kind of leaning. Am I on near the wall where I fell from? Yeah, maybe you're like underneath the, the balcony and there's a pillar supporting it, which you can lean against. Yeah, kind of lean at that, kind of look around. What do I see immediately around me? Right now, not very much. The courtyard is deserted. You, you do know that Trey, your boss, is meant to be returning quite soon. But maybe you question where, how much of what you saw was real, but you see the cart tracks leading out through the courtyard, through the dust, plus quite a bit of blood just splattered along, almost like trailing along behind it. All right. I look around me. There's nothing in, like a branch or some kind of stick or anything I could use to support myself. I wanted to follow the tracks. Yeah. There's probably a whole bunch of stuff inside the house because obviously you've, inside the palace, because you, you've brought all, you know, a lot of equipment with you and supplies. So yeah, you could definitely make some kind of makeshift crutch. Awesome. Then I'd like to do that, and then I'd like to... I think I should wait for Trey, but Sid didn't seem like he was in a very good way when I saw him last. No. Perhaps I should find him and make sure he's okay. Trey can probably survive without me for a minute, maybe. Yeah, so you hobble out of the courtyard, yep. and as you get to the edge of the driveway, or the... not here, driveway, it's just a track, really, because this place where you're staying, it's actually up on a high, on a, like a bluff or something, on the edge of the bay, looking down to the bay. There's one track that leads down to the village, the village of San Pedro. It's about a mile away, around the other side of the bay. And there's another track that leads sort of further in, you know, goes into the uh, interior of the island, which is where Jack lives. Jack's house is that way. And looking down at the track, it's clear that the cart was taken into the interior of the island. Because you can see more blood splatters and blood stains. And at that moment, you actually hear a bit of commotion, which is unusual because it's been very quiet. It's just the cicadas and sound of the, of the sea lapping against the rocks of the bay below. But you hear what sounds like a lot of shouting. It's faint, but you can definitely hear it coming from the direction of the village of San Pedro. And you can make a spot hidden roll to see what's going on there. Oh no! Okay, a fumble. Wow, that's a good thing you didn't do that on your con or your first aid roll. I'm struck blind. An eagle swoops down <laughs> and pecks one of your eyes out. No, I don't know, someone come up with a... I never really know what to do on a spot hidden fumble. It just seems too mean to say you're blinded or... Well, you think you see something, perhaps? Or spot something that gets it, that leads you into trouble. That's a good one. That's a good one. So what you see is Trey and Jack, and there's a large group of angry people shouting and following them out of the village. They're doing that sort of fast walking. Not running yet, because once you start running people start chasing you, don't they? And your boss looks like he's in real trouble. Oh, what is this now? And I'll start hobbling that way. As fast as I can hobble. Exactly. Yeah, you're heading for trouble. So let's cut then to Trey and Jack. Trey, Jack, 
we're going to rewind a few minutes. So when we last left you, you're walking through San Pedro, through the village, and you were getting a lot of looks, weren't you? You felt that the atmosphere had changed somewhat. I mean, Jack, you've been on this island for a while, and you know that people are... They're an typical island lot. They're a bit gruff sometimes and a bit terse, but they're not... They've never been hostile to you, but you're feeling a sense of real hostility coming from everyone, even people that you know, as you walk through the village. I mean, Trey is obviously taking this as just a sign of uh, respect. It's not that they're angry at him. It's that they fear him. Amazing. So, Trey, does that mean that you're trying to talk to them, or you're taking your time, or...? No, I, Trey just is, is walking with his kind of chest puffed out a little bit, swagger in his step as he makes his way back towards the uh, beach and the ship, because we have to continue on. It's obvious at this point, we have to continue on. And then, out the corners of your eyes, you see that the shutters are opening on, on the houses, on the maybe the upper floors of the houses as you're walking down the street, trying to get out of the village. There, lots of faces have appeared at the windows. It's the children. It's the children of the village. Maybe they were all having their afternoon nap, their siestas, you know, whereas keeping away out of the heat of the day and maybe playing cards or reading books or whatever. That's what they do in the afternoons. But they're all poking their little faces out and seemingly in unison, they all start making, well, I don't know, you could call it a sort of tweeting noise, like birds. But all of them, simultaneously, it is strange. You've never heard this before. And the volume starts to increase of this twittering and is interspersed now with the occasional shriek, like some other kind of birds, maybe an owl. Parakeets. Parakeets. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, they all seem to be very good at imitating birds, these children. And as the volume increases, you start to realise that the adults who've been in the street, they've all started to follow you. And some of them have picked up implements, farm implements or bottles. And you start to get hemmed in a bit as people come down side alleys. Some are just standing there looking at you sullenly. Others are following you from behind. Tweet, tweet. And we're heading up to the fancy castle. Yeah, I mean, that's also the way to the beach and the boat, but the castle is... Uh, the palace is sort of just a bit further around the, the bay up on a rise overlooking the bay yeah yeah I believe we're heading to base of operations that, that would make sense to head back to the castle and put things right it's, it's very obvious that everyone is supportive if not strange it's a strange cast of characters you have on this island but if you look every single one of them is just cheering us on yes here we go we are making a film I don't think that they want your autograph tray can I make a sanity roll please yeah, sure, why not? Please. Always, always allowed to make a sanity roll. <laughs> I think having lived here for a while, and everyone's behaving like this, and the kids are hanging out the windows, making tweeting noises, I think it's the least I can do. Now I failed it. Okay. Well, you can roll a d3. It's not two. Oh, well, that's, a, that's, that's two. All right. Do you think we should get up there a bit quicker, Trey? Oh, absolutely. It's time. As quickly as we can go. I think it's high time we get this, this picture underway. I think the 24-hour melancholy was premature. 
that's enough for me. I'm just absolutely pegging it now. I'm just running up the top. Wonderful, wonderful. Trey, are you are you going to run too? Yes, with two fists in the air. Okay, I tell you what. Can you both make Constitution roll? Maybe. Failed it. Failed it. Oh. Oh, and TJ failed it as well. Okay, so maybe the heat. I think it's the heat of the day because it's like mid-afternoon. It's absolutely blisteringly hot today. Oh, and don't forget, we never found a toilet. I don't remember that. But you were looking for a toilet, were you? We ingested some hearty intestinal stimulants in shake form. What, laxatives? Yes, yes, herbal laxatives. Yeah, your drink, your tea. Yes, of course. Of course. Well, the bad news is your movement speed is reduced by one as you're trying to... Maybe it's also it's a bit steep and the cobbled streets are, are really hard to get good purchase on. I would bet we're having trouble keeping that shake down at this point. It, in the heat and we're running along and I think it's just bubbling up. It is. Yeah, your stomachs are bubbling. I do not want to mess up these dungarees. You know, I only bought them two years ago. So, Trey, is your movement rate really six? Or did you just drop it down? I have no idea. Okay. I don't think it could be six. No, I don't think... I think that's probably the base that was just on here. Because it should automatically calculate it. I'm going to say you've got a movement speed of seven. Because your size is 70, your dex is 45. Yeah. So f- for this chase, you are going to have a movement speed of six. Barney, Jack, what's Jack's movement speed? Mine is eight, so it'll be seven. Okay. Well, that's good, because as they always say, you just need to be faster than the slowest person, don't you? So you start running up this cobbled street, and I will roll. I'll make a constitution roll for a couple of... Because you're not being chased by everyone. I mean, everyone's... This village... They are definitely coming after you, but they're walking generally at a walking pace. But a couple of them seem to have triggered a bit by, well, that's good. That's a 91. And the other one? Oh, well, that's good news because it means they've both failed their constitution rolls. I think even the locals are finding it hard going in this heat. But TJ, you're going to be caught by these people quickly because you're moving very sluggishly. So you managed to get out of the village and you're running up this kind of rough gravel track heading towards the beach and there's a shortcut that you could take but it means hopping over a, a dry stone wall and going across a field do you want to try that or are you going to just stay on the track both of you i don't think that really fits trey's personality at all i think he just stays on the track and leads this rabble that he thinks is his massive entourage cheering him on at this point. Okay, fantastic. What about you, Jack? I'm totally springing over that wall. You definitely seem like a fence hopper to me. Yeah. I think that's Jack. Alright, so make a dex roll. Yeah, past it. Okay, so you have managed to take the shortcut and you bound over this dry stone wall and crash through some of the undergrowth and you're going to be have escaped them unless one of them tries to jump over this wall as well. I'll say one of them does try, so he's going to have to make a dexterity roll as well. Oh, but he manages it. And so you've got one of them still on your tail behind you as you hear this rather large, slightly overweight man puffing away, panting. You can't notice that they are both wearing white shirts, of course. Now, Trey, the one coming up behind you, you see him 
stoop down briefly and pick something up from the ground and then you see out the corner of your eye you see his arm go back and a rock comes hurtling towards you from behind so you are able to make a dodge roll if you wish Trey is now terrified he is going to try to dodge okay and then no 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 yeah well let's see how accurately this rock was thrown that is good but it's not enough it's not enough it just goes whistling past your ear this rock you can actually feel the the hairs on the side of your head just being brushed gently by this rock as it as it goes caroming across and lands on the track that would have done some serious damage to your head if it had hit but you you were fortunate what do you want to do? Do you, do you want to confront this man, or do you want to keep going? Uh, I think it's... No. Trey freezes in place, staring back into the this just onslaught of people now that are coming towards him, and suddenly realizes the gravity of the situation and just yells, Jack, I don't think these people are friendly! What does Jack say? Jack, I mean, maybe you hear something vaguely, like... <laughs> from the other side of the field... So the other side of the field... Now, there is, of course, a fence on the other side. Judging by the distance, you can probably get to it before this man gets near to you. But, of course, you will need to leap over it. Do you want to do that, or what do you want to do? You're, you're pretty much isolated now with this man, now you're in this field. I think I'm huffing and puffing my way along here, and I see another, I see another wall, and I probably look back at the old guy. I probably mended his porch... I reckon at some point in the last few years or something. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to stop and I'm going to bite him. Are you going to bite him? Okay, that will be a... Well, I suppose... Are you just trying to hurt him? Are you trying to do something to him? Is it is it a manoeuvre or just an, an attack? I think it probably uses some fine motor skills. I don't know if that's a manoeuvre or an, just an attack. So the choice is, are you trying to, like, do more than just cause him damage? Are you just trying to punch him? Or are you trying to kind of trip him, knock him over, take him out of the race and so you can get away? What, what are you trying to do? I'm just going to lamp him into the ground. All right. So make a dexterity roll first. Okay. Oh, 25 against 60. That's a hard success. So your sudden swerve catches him by surprise. He was probably expecting you to keep running. Maybe you just skid to a halt. He almost kind of falls towards you as he tries to stop. So he's off balance. So you will get a bonus dice on your fighting brawl. Super. So, I mean, I think I'm going to use his weight against him. So as he comes stumbling towards me, I'm going to try and punch him on the back of the head so that he just goes faster forwards. We determined that that's not a rabbit punch, didn't we? I don't know. Yeah, no, I think we we had this whole conversation about what a rabbit punch was. Okay, fighting brawl here. Okay. I passed that one. Okay, well, see whether you get it. And I passed that one. I passed the the second one better. Both successful. Was either an extreme? No, just a regular. No, just ordinary successes. All right, well, it's a D3 plus your damage bonus, if you have one. D3 plus my damage bonus. Damage bonus D4. (laughs) Okay. This could be good. It's a total of four. Well, he's going to have to make a constitution roll. That's half his hit points. Okay, yeah. You knock him out. So I'm just standing there wheezing. My mind is just falling to pieces. And I worked on this guy's porch. 
I ate paella with the guy. He slumps to the ground, and as he falls at your feet, he just collapses like all the stuffing's been taken out of him because you, you caught him on the point of his chin. Really nice connection. You see that his back is sort of lumpy underneath the white shirt. Those sort of strange protrusions or, or dis- weird bumps and lumps that you've seen on a couple of the other islanders but his back seems to be covered in these it's it's almost like it's creating this sort of rippling effect i think i'm just gonna rip his shirt off and look at the lumps on his back yeah so you rip it off and you're gonna have to make a um sanity roll because what you see all over his back are these sort of translucent almost like pustules they're quite big and dome shaped maybe four or five inches across and the skin has been stretched out so it's actually so the skin looks translucent there seems to be some kind of liquid inside them and inside each one there seems to be some kind of lava or something swimming around wriggling around inside these pustules okay yeah, you have to make a sanity roll. Okay. Oh, I rolled 30 against 29. Oh, dear. Okay, well, this is a D4 for seeing this. Okay. Two? You're just clinging on. What's your involuntary action on seeing this? Stamp on them. Oh. Nasty. All right. So you can't help yourself, even though this man is unconscious and at your mercy just the sheer visceral horror of seeing this infestation in his back and you bring your what kind of shoes does Jack wear? Clogs? I don't wear any shoes Oh, That might have been the worst decision of your life. I lost my sandals all those raffia things over by the wall for down the bottom Yeah, alright, so you bring your bare foot down on these pustules and they make this awful popping noise as you slam the foot down again and again and again and he groans almost comes back to consciousness and then the split skin where you smash down all the fluid has leaked out and what you see is the the wriggling lava things they were just the end of something they were just the tip of something because whatever it was is much longer and seems to be inside him and they just start slithering out onto the stony ground and they kind of spasm a few times wriggle around and seem to almost dry up instantly in the sun and then you hear one last groan coming from the man and then he stops moving and these horrible things stop moving as well now I just peg it again yeah Trey you said you were just turning round and looking at this army of people yeah that was the size of it I thought they were kind of like engulfing me at this point weren't they like they were to the sides of me or they were all still well behind me no so there was only one that had chased the others are walking menacingly so yeah so they're probably a few hundred yards away from you now I mean if you wanted to get away there's only one man that you need to deal with and he's actually a bit off balance as well because he bent down and threw the rock so he's kind of if you run as fast as you can you, you could probably get away from him I think no this is a dirty pig of a man this is a, a wrong headed creature 
uh, there's something wrong here that he threw this rock at me. I'm going to pick up the rock and I'm going to run at him with it. I'm not going to chance throwing it. Trey's going to try to just hit him in the head with the rock. Yes, great. So you run down the hill and the momentum carries you forward with the, the rock held out. He looks with a bit of surprise that you've turned on him. Perhaps he wasn't expecting it. So make that fighting brawl roll with your 25%. Wow! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Holy shit! That's an extreme. Okay, you rolled a two. I wasn't expecting that. No, I don't think anyone was expecting that. I'll say for that, you smash the rock straight into his face. You feel this satisfying, like, splattering noise as his nose gets flattened against his face with the force of the rock. And he's not backwards on his ass, and blood is just streaming down his nose into his mouth. And uh, he's not incapacitated, but you've done a serious blow to him. So you're going to have a moment where you can get away, but he's going to make one last attempt. I was going to give him the opportunity to scamper away, but if he's going to continue to fight, then I don't think I have a whole lot of choice on how to handle the situation and just drop this rock on his head. But he's grabbed you around the ankles, and unless you break free, you're immobilized, and he shouts something in Spanish to the other villagers behind. Something... And... He seems to be trying to hold you until they get there, as you're perhaps struggling. But your upper body is free. You could hit him again. He doesn't seem to be too conscious of his own safety. Trey's a little confused about strategy and these kind of things. He he sees his biggest strategy being his weight, and so he's just going to lay on this guy. We'll make an opposed... His fighting brawl against your size, but you'll need to get a hard success. Oh, you just rolled a five. Mm. Okay, right, extreme. All right. Oh, and he fumbles. Okay, well, you can just tell me what happens then. Whatever you want to happen. I just pancaked him. I just pancaked him. You just pancake him. Yeah. Is that a wrestling move? I think Trey just spreads his arms and legs, jumps into the air, and lands on this guy with the most of his weight coming down on the guy's neck. Okay. Wonderful. Well, roll a d6, because you're big. Oh. Okay, you feel him struggle for a second or two and you just basically smother him and he passes out under your sweating bulk and you now are able to uh, free yourself from his slackened grip around your legs as the villagers start to break into a run. Yeah, Trey really needs to waddle away at this point. Yeah, and you do. And Meredith, as you're hobbling down the hill... You get about halfway down, and perhaps you were, because you made that fumble and your spot hidden, perhaps you were focusing very much on looking at the ground rather than looking at what was actually happening. And you realize that you put yourself in a very dangerous position now because Jack and Trey are running, perhaps shouting to get back to safety, get back to the palace or whatever they're shouting, I don't know. And they are being followed by this big, angry mob. And you are like a tortoise. Yeah, oh no. I look and I'm, I will stop and see if one of them, or Trey at least, will help me get back faster, maybe. We'll have to see about that, because we're now going to cut to Sid. Sid, you've been in many strange situations in your life, but I don't think anything quite compares to this. Even, even your previous two encounters with your pal don't compare to this, because you are sitting on a rickety cart being pulled by a couple of donkeys 
with a retinue of crazed villagers wearing their brilliant white shirts and you're getting this running commentary from behind you from Jimmy or Jimmy's head let's say which doesn't seem to be too inconvenienced by the fact that he doesn't have a body anymore fucking hell Jimmy can you just put a sock in it Sid how can I do that I haven't got any fucking hands I don't know can you just stick a kidney in your mouth or something well don't ask me to explain what's going on but you'll find out soon enough so what you're saying you do know what's going on Well, I I don't know. It's hard. My brain's gone a bit funny, Sid. Trying to be serious here. That's a shame, Jimmy, because there isn't much else left of you. No, no, no. That's that's right. Now, look, the one thing that does stick in my head is what that lady said to me. She said, you don't need these bits. And he sort of, his eyes kind of flick down. He's trying to indicate his various organs spread out in this huge pile beneath him. He says, yeah, she said you don't need these bits. She said they'll explain it to you and and then you'll see. Not to worry, Sid, you don't have to worry. It doesn't hurt after a while. Hurts a bit at the beginning. Yeah, cheers for that. Let's put my mind right at rest. You'll have to remind me, Andy, is, is Sid tied up at the moment? No, I think he's just sort of been surrounded. You were kind of manhandled onto the cart. And they're clearly not going to let you just hop off and wander away or anything without severe... But the, the way that it's all set up at the moment is I'm sitting on the cart while facing backwards, so I'm talking to Jimmy. Well, in the hope of creating a distraction, I'm going to punt Jimmy. OK. So you lean down. Oh, I'm just using my foot. I'm kicking him off the back of the cart. Oh, I see, yeah. I see. I, I, thought, I thought you were going to pick up and actually do a drop kick. Oh, no, 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 no. I'll just put my foot underneath him and flick his head as far as I can. Okay. So you put your foot into the offal. goes up to your ankle in Jimmy's bits. And he says, Sid, watch where you're putting your feet. Christ, I said I didn't need this stuff, but it's still part of me. I'm feeling a bit sentimental about my organs. I don't want your stinking size tens in them. Yeah, so, sorry about that, mate. There isn't a lot of leg room back here. So, at that point, you manage to get purchased underneath. And he says, Oh, my neck hole! My neck hole! I can feel that! And he says, what are, you, what are you doing? What are you doing? And at that point... Cramp. So, he says, I know what you're about to do. I can read your mind. I know you too well. I know you too well, Sid. Don't do it. Don't do it. I'll um, do it. Yeah, you boot him. I would say probably either a, well, a hard dex roll or a fighting brawl, whatever you'd rather do. They're both the same. Okay, well, for flavour, is it a... I'll go for fighting brawl. Okay. <laughs> right. So this, this involves quite a bit of force then rather than delicacy. And <laughs> a hard success. My goal was always just to create a distraction here, so what I'm hoping for is a screaming head arcing through the air, trailing intestines behind it like wet bunting. (laughs) That's exactly. In fact, as you launch Jimmy's head into the air, you can see that his spinal column is still attached to the neck, and it snakes out behind him like a tail, and it does have various bits of intestine still sort of wrapped around it and it pulls out a big wet clump and sprays blood and offal everywhere and he shouts Sid! 
while that's happening, I'm going to try to scarf her. I'll jump over the side of the cart and run while everyone's looking at the screen ahead. Fantastic, fantastic. I think you need to make a luck roll. Oh dear. This is where it all falls apart. Yeah. No. Hard success. Hard success. Wow. I think what happens is these men are so... Firstly, they're surprised, of course, to see and hear the, the head. And then you see, strangely, for some strange reason, they all seem to be very, like, shocked by what happened, very almost concerned. They look, like, worried. As one, they crane their heads up and they see, the, see its head flying above them in, a, in an arc of gore. And they all turn. Some of them stumble over. Others manage to keep their footing. And, and they're all running as if to try and catch it, as if it's like a line-out in a rugby match. Or, or more appropriately, an American football. You know, the, the quarterback has thrown the ball and they're all, they're all running, scrambling to try and catch it. For some reason, it seems very imperative. It's, it seems imperative that they catch head. Why is that more appropriate? Because in a line-out, you're not running. Whereas in American football, you are running. Okay. Although the idea of it being a line-out is funnier. I don't know what a line-out is. And it's your moment, Sid. You can get away. Yeah, well, that's it. I'm leaping over the side of the cart and running like buggery. Right. Fantastic. What's your movement speed? Probably not amazing. Six. Sid is... Yeah, he's not a strong man, he's not a dexterous man, and he's in his 40s. Okay, all right. I see. I see. Well, make a constitution roll, because you really want to be putting a bit of uh, extra... Oh, that is exactly what you needed. Another hard success. Yeah. Roll 20 is your friend. And as you're running away, you hear the men shouting in in Spanish, of course. And I'm going to make a roll. Oh, dear. And as you're running, as you're escaping from this scene of ridiculous horror, I suppose... I've built my career on ridiculous horror, both in and out of character. Yes, yeah. And you perhaps get into the woods by the side and and away. You hear Jimmy's voice just groaning. The lady's not going to be too happy now, is she? And then grumbling. You idiots! And that's the last thing you hear as you escape into the woods. Yeah. So, Ray. <laughs> well, given what's already occurred, I'm not sure this is going <laughs> to... This might be like a mild interlude. Yeah, that, no, that, that was a scene. So, Ray, let's... Yeah, the tone is going to get a bit, a bit different now. So, Ray, you're... I think you've been huddled in the corner for... Am I restrained? Have I, have I got my tied up or anything? No. You, you were when you were taken into the convent. Perhaps they cut the rope around your wrists before they threw you into the cell so yeah you're okay. i think we pick up with you huddled in the corner trying to keep as far away from angie as you can what the fuck have they done to you Angie? what's going on she's been weeping she says ray ray they took me down ray those men they came back when you were gone why did you leave me ray there was something going on in the town that I just... I had to sort out. I thought you'd be safe up there. Well, I wasn't, Ray, was I? They were waiting for you to go. I didn't understand what they were saying, but they seemed like they wanted me for some reason. And they, they brought me here. They brought me here, Ray. They took me down. And there was this funny smell and this smoke. And then there was this woman, this old woman. And there was this thing. 
It's a horrible thing, Ray. It had seaweed on it. They, it must have come up from the sea. Or, I don't know. And they made me... They made me drink the stuff that... It came out of it, Ray. They made me drink it. I'm just shaking my head in the corner. I'm not, I don't think I want to listen to, to this. Ray? Ray, you're my husband, Ray. You're meant to protect me, Ray. That's what you're meant to do, Ray. I think there's only one thing I can do for you now. She says, Ray, can you still love me, Ray? As she sort of rolls closer towards you, and thankfully it is quite dark in this cell, because at least some of her is still Angie, but a lot of her isn't, and the gorge rises in your throat, and you need to make a sanity roll at this point. Yeah. Well, that's a hard success. Well, you still need to roll a d4. Mm. Okay. So you lose three sanity. Right. We'll get onto your involuntary action in, in, in a second. As she drags herself along the cold stone floor towards you, she says, Ray, I'm still Angie. I don't know how long this will last. Maybe I'll get over it. Maybe we could go and see Dr. Ray. Yeah? A doctor? Go back to England? Uh, yeah? I'm scanning the floor to look for any kind of implement, some improvised weapon of sorts. There's a chair in the corner. Is it nothing like a, I don't know, a bit of piping or something like that? Maybe something a bit cleaner than a chair, perhaps. Make a luck roll. Maybe if you stand on the chair, there's a rusty old water pipe running along uh, near the near the ceiling. Looks like a good yank. Could pull a decent piece of it off, probably. Right. Have I got an involuntary action before that? Or... Yeah. As her flank starts to extend towards you. Mm. I can't deal with this. Ange, this has got to stop. I leap up on the chair and grab the pipe, because that... Yeah. You know, it's like a sort of a swift action and try and yank it down. And then, you know, I'll always love you, Ange. And then try and bring it down on across a sort of head. Yeah. And she looks up at you with confusion as you stand up on the chair. She says, what are you doing, Ray? And make a strength roll. Right. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Do you want to push it? This is to pull the pipe down. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I definitely want to push it. So, so you, you reach up for the pipe, and it looked really rusty and loose, but you realise that it wasn't, and your first yank, it just rattles a bit. So you put all your weight into all it. All my weight on it, yeah, yeah. I try and kind of jump off the chair while I'm holding it. Oh, <laughs> that would have been a very juicy uh, failed push there. But, uh, yeah, you almost hang off the pipe to get it to come loose, and then with this grinding, tearing metallic noise, it comes loose and you fall heavily to the ground, but you keep your feet and turn to face Angie. I'm sorry, Angie. She says, Ray, no, please don't, don't do it. Don't do it, Ray, please. I'm sorry, but this is for the best. Okay, well, make a fighting brawl roll. Oh dear. Wanna spend five luck on that? Yeah, yeah. And, as you bring the pipe down with all your strength, you realise that her extensions, <laughs> her additional, or I don't know, limbs, I suppose you could call them, or 
rolls or yeah, appendages. Mm. They were all kind of slowly encircling around you in an embrace as you bring the pipe smashing down and then they spasm and the light goes out of Angie's eyes and I'm not even going to ask you to make a sanity roll I'm just going to ask you to roll a d10 for killing your wife wow nine seems fair seems fair you go indefinitely insane right for doing that yeah it's a fair a fair cop I would say the world goes dark around you as you sink into a pit of your own making right I'm probably gonna fall to my knees and embrace what bits still look a bit Angie like yeah and just kind of sob yeah the parts of her that are still Angie are going cold the other parts twitch a few times and you smell that strange floral smell again and thankfully I think at that point you pass out I think we should probably stop there for the week because I don't think I quite know where this is going to go now at all I know exactly what Sid's about to try to do oh really so what's Sid about to try and do well there's a boat parked nearby isn't there and he knows how to pilot boats so he's going to try to steal that and get the fuck away from here that seems like a very sensible idea. I would also say that the others, Trey, Jack, and now the limping Meredith, yep. you've probably got a few minutes before the village catches up to you, so time for a quick decision Okay. from the three of you about what to do and if any of you are going to make it. 